that was long since past and mm-hmm. you know expecting expecting a lot out of them at a, by by the late 80s early 90s was just nah. no no yeah. anyway moving on shall we shall we uh hello and welcome to the watcher's guide to the marvel universe the show that proves you don't have to be right as long as you're loud and stupid i'm max and i'm jr how's it going i am awake i promise okay how, how are gonna you hold, gonna hold you to that uh it's been a week we went to st louis right. and uh that was fine but like you know it was it was one of those things like we we went on a riverboat tour of on the mississippi and went to a comic shop and bought some comics because that's what i do when I'm in a different city, I don't go to museums. I which, visit their comic shops. Which comic shop did you go to? Uh, Wizard's Wagon. Where? Uh, it's right there along. You know how they have the street that's got like the the Del, uh, it's the Delmar Loop. Do what? Is it on Delmar? Yes. Okay. Then I uh, do. They know. have the stars on the ground. Yeah. And like. Chick Young is right outside. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, bought a couple comics, whatever. Casey lost one on the way back. <laughs> uh, the no, it just disappeared in the car. Um, well, you got a brand, you got a new, co- big new car that's smarter than you. Maybe it's stolen. Yeah. It it just really wanted <laughs> to re die. Uh, but. You know, the, the the thing about it... So, here's the thing. So, you know, I had back surgery, and I'm in physical therapy trying to get my endurance back up. Uh, you know, and so couple that with the fact that I'm just fat and out of shape, and it was like 96 degrees. So, here here's the thing. So, I have a limited amount of time in which I'm able to walk. Okay. Yes. Um, and then, like, that is shortened the more I do it. So, like, we went to, we went to the Cahokia Mounds in Illinois, um, and, like, did a couple things one day, and the more we did, the more I was just like, and I'm done sooner. Right. Um, the last day we were there, we surprised Moira because we were like, we had gone dr- driving in the Forest Park area, and we passed the St. Louis Zoo, and she's like, "Oh, the zoo! We should go to the zoo!" Da 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 da, and we're like, "Not right now." <laughs> so the next morning, we were going to be leaving that day to go to Kansas City, and we told Moira we were leaving straight away, but in fact, we drove to the zoo. And, uh, and everything (laughs) we were, we were parking and she still hadn't put two and two together. (laughs) Like we paid for parking at the zoo and she's just like, what are we doing? (laughs) And we're like, what are the friggin' signs? (laughs) What do you Uh, think? (laughs) But so knowing, knowing that I was not going to be able to do a ton of walking and knowing that, you know. Moira was going to want to, uh, we, we initially got me a wheelchair, uh, but then first thing we hit a crack and I've, the wheelchair stopped and I kept going. (laughs) (laughs) Because, um, inertia is a harsh mistress. She is. Um, but... So, while I sat there nursing my wounded knee with, like, blood running down my leg, uh, Moira and Casey went and got a motorized scooter and brought it back. And, um, I don't know if you've ever had occasion to use a motorized scooter, much less in a an incredibly crowded place. It is a very humbling experience. I don't um, doubt. 
Yeah. Because, like, it started... First of all, this thing was ancient. This thing, like, this thing, this thing was on a first-name basis with, with uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Like, <laughs> this thing was old. And then, like... So I started out, and it was moving at a fairly good clip, but then eventually it just started getting slower and slower until eventually I'm just, I'm like, even with my cane, I could be walking faster than this. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting <clears throat> lapped by girls volleyball teams and I'm just like, okay, yeah, fuck you. Enjoy your, enjoy your young bodies while you can. Good luck at state <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, but like I'm sitting there, I'm just puttering along and I'm like trying to, you know how you, like, scoot a chair forward? Uh-huh. Like, you kind of do that little humping uh-huh. motion? Yeah. I'm, like, humping it faster. <laughs> like, I'm just like, come on! <laughs> and, like, yeah, it was just, it was, it was honestly the most humbling experience of my life. Um, like, and I have a kid. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as humbling as it is to see your daughter born, like, this was more so. Like, this destroyed me. Anyway. <laughs> so, whatever. So what you're saying is I need to stretch. We all should stretch more. And, uh... Lift with your legs. Lift with your <laughs> legs. Just do every... And also, you know... Honestly, I, I I remember being... We talked last week about how all teenagers are shitty, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's still true. Um, none of that has changed. But, like, yeah. one, one of the things I remember from when I was a shitty teenager is, like, looking at people in the motorized carts, or the motorized uh, chairs, and being, like, you know, looking down and thinking about it. And now I'm like... I'm now looking back on it and being like, wow, that was another shitty thing I did. No, yeah, absolutely. Right. I, I would see, I would see, because, because here's the thing. So, I'm fat. Yeah. Like, that's just the way it is. But, like, I went from, I went from just being, like, out of shape to being full-blown fat because of my back. Right. And it's become this cycle of, like, my back gets worse, so I get fatter, so which makes my back worse, sure. which makes me fatter, yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, when I was younger and everything, I would be, like, out and about, and I'd see someone on a motorized scooter, and I'm just like, man, you know, I don't need to be Olympic-level athlete. Just don't ever let me be the scooter guy. Um, yeah. And now like, yeah, time found like, you. It's just, it, it, it is what it is, you know? And, uh, time makes fools of us all. <laughs> yes. Uh, I guess is, is what I'm getting at, you know, it, whatever. And, and like, while we have the occasion, just be less shitty, you know? I mean, just, Generally, what it comes down to is when you see someone out in the world, you don't know what the fuck's going on in their lives. You mm-hmm. don't know, like you don't know where that person is at or mm-hmm. why. Maybe you caught them on a bad day. Yeah. Maybe they smell that day, and it's just like, well, their water's been turned off, and they had to go and blah blah blah. Whatever. The point is, you don't know. You don't fucking know. So like. Just hold your breath and deal. Like, oh, yeah. well, you know? And, and like, like, I've actually been doing that lately, too, where it's like, I need to go to the store, but I haven't showered. And honestly, it's a pandemic. Fuck you. Like, I don't well, care. I think <laughs> the pandemic has loosened a lot of social mores that, uh, that kind of needed to go away. <laughs> like, yes. I'm sorry. If I just need milk, I'm not taking a shower. Right. Like, if I'm... If I've been working around the house and I'm, like, disgusting, I'm not going to take a shower to run to Sunfresh. Fuck you. You can deal with it. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing smelling me anyway? <laughs> Why are you this close? What yeah. Like, what the shit? <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're close enough that, 
that you can smell me? Buy me dinner, <laughs> you creepy fuck. But anyway, the the point is, yeah, like, you know, you don't know what's going on. Like, maybe, maybe that person is actually a slob, or maybe they're just having a bad day. You don't fucking know. So, yeah, keep your, ju- generally speaking, just keep your judgments to yourself. Like, it, that's a good rule for life, is just... Don't worry so goddamn much about what other people are doing. It's one thing if, like, some asshole's out there without a mask. Because that affects other people. Right. But, like, you know, if I'm... If I'm at Walmart and somebody... If somebody else has shit stains on their pants, what does it matter to me? I'm not sharing a chair with them. Nope. So, like, fuck it. (sighs) Anyway, that's... That's the upshot of all of that is, uh... Don't, it is the, the Will Wheaton rule, don't be a dick. Yeah, you know. So here I come, coming to the defense of people Poop. with poor hygiene. Uh, gotta cater you to your base, I guess. But yes. anyway, uh, news. News! The only news this week is, uh, you know, we talked a while back about how... Jim Starlin had an incident with a soda stream and, like, blew a chunk out of his hand. Right. Um, and it was looking like Jim Starlin was never going to draw again. Um, it hurt, even though his hand was ostensibly healed up, holding a pen or a pencil hurt. Um, and so it looked like that was the end of that. But... Uh, he's drawing again and actually has a Dreadstar graphic novel coming out, uh, that he did. So, uh, that's great. I, I mean, shit, I love Jim Starlin's art. Uh, so fuck yeah. More of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. How old is the man? Uh, he's in his what? Seventies? Seventy-one. 71 yeah damn so uh that's that's awesome i am yeah no that's fantastic. i am really happy that he is uh back to back to fighting fighting form uh that's really it as far as i mean the rest is just bullshit like you know did we <clears throat> is there any oh um did you watch loki yet I have not. Okay. I was going. I was going to try and watch it after we got back into town last night, but no power. Yeah. So okay. Uh, yeah. I will. I will this week. So, cool. All right. All right. Um, I don't think we talked about anything else. So no. The like I said. I mean, like. Oh, Kevin Feige showed up in X Men. Who oh, gives God, a shit? I don't know, guys. Like, no. <laughs> there was the yeah. only the only thing that I saw from uh, Hellfire Gala that was related to those people, like the the famous people being in it. I think was the Feige one, and it was just like, this is what don't put real people in comics. I don't I don't like it. It it annoys me. Um, it, I don't know why it annoys me. It, it because it breaks the immersion, I guess maybe is be and especially creators. Like I don't know why, but it feels like such a fucking circle jerk that I cannot it I, I can't get into it. Um, it 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 depends. I mean, like <clears throat> I didn't mind like Grant Morrison showing up in Animal Man, uh, because I mean honestly, Grant. Anything Grant Morrison does, it's just like, fuck it, right? Like, this is just what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> does but, it make sense? Okay, that's a good start. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know, it just annoyed me, and seeing all the pictures from the Hellfire Gala, I was like, I really wanted to be like, oh my god, have Magneto kill him. That would be awesome. Like, if the human that died at the Hellfire Gala was Kevin Feige, that would be 
amazing. But I, that would be worth reading just yeah. for shits and grins. But it's not it's going to be some fucking guy, just some guy who cares. It's probably like one of the American ambassadors or somebody else that pissed off somebody and Magneto's getting framed or whatever. Like I don't or maybe it's not even Magneto that's actually the one on trial. Because to me, the trial of Magneto is not is not what it's do we have that confirmed that he's the one that killed somebody? No. Not so what I'm recall. so what I'm saying know. is the trial is actually a trial of his past ideology. Like that I kind of feel like is already is one of the things of when I read House and Powers, I was thinking to myself, at some point, you're going to have to deal with this, man. Like, yeah. this is... This is... Radically... Middle of the road for both of you, right? Mm-hmm. The compromise that both he and Charles are making is extreme. And they're going to have to deal with the shit that they either in Magneto's case did or in Xavier or Xavier's case didn't do, but could have like to get them to this point sooner, even though like ostensibly they can fix all this shit now because everybody that died or all the mutants that died, they can bring back. Yeah. But like tons of people died too, like normal ass humans. You're going to have, both of you are going to have to like, deal with this at some point and well and it's it's not just that magneto's like on krakoa he's part of the ruling council Mm -hmm. like you know we're to pick a horrible example but it's like the joker being the ambassador from uh from iran after he killed robin like it's not a it's not just that this this mass murderer is there you've given them a position of power and influence and elevated them on the world stage past what they had been previously with the exception of that time they ruled genosha well and also but i mean like we we're doing a lot of that too right cuz because apocalypse sits right next to it right like they're they're all all three of them have are you know well he did okay i'm not that i know you're not that far along but okay apocalypse sat right next to him um and sinister is a member of the council yeah like but like and hell i mean sebastian shaw ostensibly where i'm at he's still on there um no, he is, yeah. The only one... The only one who's, I think, honest about their position there it, on that council, it to me, is Kitty, who kind of, or Kate, who kind of thinks it's a joke and doesn't show up half the time. And mm. maybe... S- Nightcrawler. Who is, where I'm at, even still having starting to have the the way of x conversation where it's like what am i doing here what does Mm -hmm. this mean for me and i i am so off track sorry uh magneto is going to have to put himself on trial really to me it's like who am i now what is this especially after while things are getting formed i see magneto as a very like positive he's being a very positive force of the let's get this thing started right like that process once things settle down who are you here right well and i i think there's a there's a conversation to be had you know whenever harm is done just saying my bad isn't enough Mm -hmm. um you have to 
apologize, then take steps to make it right. Right. And that's true of Magneto, Apocalypse, Sinister, all of these people. Um, you know, it's the conversation that comes up every time, like, questions of reparations or anything else come up. And it's just like, it is not enough. To, hell, Mr. Rogers, the Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, puts it like they have a song. Yeah, my my daughter used to watch this show, and they have a song on there that's about saying you're sorry. And it even there, saying you're sorry is the first step. Then how can I help? Yeah, it saying you're sorry doesn't mean anything. That's easy. Well, you have to work to, you know. And I think that 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 what they're. I think the interesting thing is that where I'm at, um, they, the, the mutants have basically been like, okay, we're going to take every, all of our problems. So we take our Magneto, we take Apocalypse, we take Sabretooth, we take everybody away from human society. You're not supposed to go like, we'll deal with that, which is part of the I'm sorry part. And then the works to make it better with humanity is providing all the drugs. But the drugs are also a gun. Like, they're, they're using them as a, as a weapon to enforce their isolation. Not isolationism, but their, their nation building, right? Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't work, guys. You're not actually doing the restitution good. restitution does not come with strengths yes exactly and right. um so the whole enterprise i have been reading this book and to me like marauders is so fun um and Excal i've really enjoyed excalibur and i've been reading dawn and thinking but anytime we cut back to like the ruling council and like stuff that they're doing in X-Men or um well mostly X-Men I'm like are we the baddies? <laughs> like seriously guys, this is weird. Like you're operating and, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I think that's actually an insightful move for the storytelling. Um but like they're they're no everyone is treading really close to like straight up no we rule the earth now and um are is that what you want because nobody said that they've just been like this is the way things are and we have our own place and these are the drugs and you will leave us the fuck alone and but there are, especially in like X-Men, I think it's three or four when they go to um, Davos and have the meeting there and they get attacked and um, whatever. But like Magneto goes on, Magneto and Apocalypse go on separate rants about how that are so close to we control the, the world economy and the world uh, health now. So... Uh, we're in charge like they get right up to we're in charge of earth but don't say it and well I think here here's the thing what we what we have with with the X-Men at this point in time is we have radical uh radical civil rights reform essentially i mean yeah this is a this is a marginalized group has been that has been downtrodden for a really long time and it takes it takes finesse to do it takes finesse to do that in such a way that it doesn't come across because here here's the thing when a when a marginalized group takes control of their destiny 
Um, and when a yeah. when a marginalized group says, "This is what we're doing," and that's how it is, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be very easily easily painted as um hmm. as that sort of thing, you know. And and certainly and certainly your apocalypses are going to be leaning into that. Um, I I think ulti- ultimately, like, you know, uh, I fuck yeah, do it. <laughs> like, do no. what you got to do. I mean, <coughs> and and ultimately, like, you know. There is, there is no, this is like almost what, this is almost what Israel is painted as, if not what Israel actually is, in that they're just like, we are staking out our claim and we will defend that vigorously. Um, The difference here, of course, being that they're not occupying somebody else's land. Um, and I'm sorry, but... That's what happens. That's uh, what... It's that's... an apartheid regime. Like, yes. so, you know, but they they are. They're, they're sitting there and they're saying, we are here. We are going... We are going to be recognized. Like, you don't have to be happy about it. But this is where we're uh, we are. We tried. We tried to coexist with you, and you would not allow that. So we're gonna fuck off, and yeah. you know, we'll live in a, we'll live on our, in our own country, and we'll do our own thing, and we'll give you the fruits of that. Yeah. But just leave us the fuck alone. Yeah. I think that's why I like it. I, I I don't know why I was so hesitant to read it, mainly because I thought House and Powers was going to be really confusing and draw me back into X-Men nonsense, which X-Men had been nonsense for like 15 years, um, if not longer. And first of all, again, I know I said this last week, but if you've if you're waiting for like a good place to jump into X-Men, this is perfect. Um, and I do like it because it's, it is very much operating in that gray area where it's like, like I said, yeah, our, our, it makes you think about things like that. I like that. Anyway, we should talk about comics cause I've <clears throat> derailed us twice and i hope i haven't been an asshole it's fun okay i'm i'm over here i'm probably going to be accused of being anti-semitic but whatever that's the dip there's a difference between a person's religion and their government yeah and it's an apartheid regime if you don't if you don't accept that that's not my problem yeah uh anyway comics Marvel Team-Up number 82 has a cover by Rich Buckler and is written by Chris Claremont, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Steve Leoloa, colored by Ben Sean, lettered by Rich Rick Parker, and edited by Al Milgram. Uh, Spider-Man saves schoolteacher Nancy Rushman from thugs, remarking on her resemblance to the Black Widow and her ability to kick ass, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but the two come under fire from Val DeFontaine and various agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and then at the end, they are both shot by Nick Fury. Um, this, yeah. Yeah. this run of Marvel team-up is, is interesting because... Uh, I don't know. We, we, get, we get into... We get some stuff toward the end. Of Black Widow just being like, you know, I worked really hard to free myself, but am I, where am I? Like, you know, in, in that, uh, in that journey Mm -hmm. and, uh, stuff like that. Um, 
The rest of it is pretty basic Marvel team-up. My, my favorite thing about this, though, is that my favorite issue of Marvel team-up continues to pay unexpected dividends. Oh my god. <laughs> in that we constantly have to mention that Silver Samurai got this ring from John Belushi. And it's just like, if you... The, the thing about it is, because they're not able to reprint these things, or that issue, the right, John Belushi yeah. issue. So, if you're just reading <laughs> a random issue of Marvel Team-Up, you have no context whatsoever <laughs> for this moment where they're just like, yeah, you got the ring from John Belushi. And you're just like, what? <laughs> How the fuck did that... What? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I will also say, A, some of the art in this is fantastic. And yeah. again, team up. You don't have to work this hard. You're an advertising book. I mean, just chill. Um, but good on you. And <clears throat> I think I kind of like the way that they portray Spider-Man here in a... When he's dealing with her after he, you know... She knocks out, she gets knocked out um, or passes out. And he takes her to, like, a warehouse above the bugle or something. And um, tries to coax her back. And the the interplay between him being like, Well, why don't you... You seem to have the Black Widow suit. Why don't you go ahead and put it on there? It's, it's warmer than what you got on. And... She's like, okay, fine. And she goes and puts it on and he's like, yeah, it looks pretty good. And she's like, I know what you're trying to do. Uh, it's not working, but I do appreciate it. And he's like, well, damn. Okay, I'm going to start calling you Nancy because that's what you told me your name was. And that's the story we're going with right now. Uh, neat. Throughout the story, he honestly starts to like Nancy more than he ever liked Natasha. And I think that's cool, too. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that, I guess. Okay. So, well, I don't, I don't know. There's, there, there is a... There are two ways to look at that. Because on the one hand... Uh, You know, the interplay between Peter and Nancy is sweet. But mm. on the other hand, there's there's a lot to the idea of, yeah, he never really liked her when she was the ass-kicking Black Widow. But now that she's the damsel in distress Nancy, he's all about it. And it's like, uh, I, is that's that a road I don't want to go down. That's kind of uh, gross. I don't want to yeah. touch that. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Marvel Team-Up number 83 has a cover by Rich Buckler and Steve Lealoa, penciled by Sal Buscema and Steve Lealoa, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, Spider-Man tries to help Nancy, uh, even going so far as to bring her to Peter Parker and, you know, uh, everything, but Nick Fury tracks them down. However, Nick has been followed and the three must now battle Boomerang and the Silver Samurai. Um, at the end of this, Silver Samurai and uh, Boomerang teleport away. Uh, and the three of them are just like, well, shit. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, we get some more about Nancy and how, about how, like, she is struggling with with um with what she knows and how she knows it and yada 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 and i mean knowing where this is going it's just kind of like yeah okay i it's it's hard to i don't know it's i'm torn because on the one hand it's kind of hard to get into that because i know where it's going so I'm just going to like, yeah, okay. But on the other hand, like there is, there is it's kind of like, you have you ever watched the Doctor Who episode 
um, where it's the uh, uh, it's the family of blood, and the doctor hides as a human. No. There is a really there's a really sad thing in that um, wherein like because everything that the doctor is has been put into this pocket watch uh, in order to I it's it's science fiction and it dude just shut the fuck up I'm chill okay go for it go for it they are after the doctor so he hides as a human named John Smith who's a teacher at this school during world war one okay while he's there he falls in love with the nurse and everything and he's like having these dreams about like a blue box that travels through blah 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 whatever but but i'm here there is there is a very there is a very sad moment wherein a a um the family of blood is bearing down on them mm-hmm. and the nurse that he's in love with has the pocket watch and she's like i don't know kind of seems like we need this doctor guy and he's like am i not enough like why am i not enough and she's like it's not that it's just they're gonna kill us all and it's very sad because yeah. it's like it's this constructed personality and you know it is, but it's also like existentially horrible to be like, no, no, you're not the guy we need. And so I feel for Nancy in this, but as a reader, I'm also just kind of like, yeah, sorry, Nancy. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I are are you are we're alluding to the parts where she like she'll get attacked or you know somebody'll step up to her and she basically just the Nancy personality gets shunted to the back of her mind and she even says I think it's on this rooftop fight where she feels like she was her, that personality was imprisoned while the body just took over and kicked yeah. ass um yeah I like this. Okay, how about this? Sometimes we do this, right, in comics. This is not a new thing where hero or villain has amnesia and sometimes they just do things that they don't know how they do. Um, This is a thing. Yeah. This feels like a... And I don't know if it's because it's Natasha or because of the Nancy personality or what. I shouldn't call it that um cuz it's implanted but anyway um well it's it's not it's not implanted she oh no, retreated she, into that persona she used it as a uh yeah a defense mechanism during the interrogation um and for some reason it feels better and i don't know if it's just that she's sweet and nice and like not the story isn't annoying, like, you know, because it's team up, we got to fucking move. Um, yeah. And so she's not going to hang her. This personality isn't going to hang around for 16 issues like it did with, you know, Scorn or whoever. Um, and so, like, I know this is going to this is going to go away because uh-huh. it's team up. And the brevity is nice. I don't know. There's it's something about it that's that, that feels better story-wise and character-wise than normally these kind of things do. Yeah. Well, I... You know, I would like it... I would like it to have more room to breathe, but also I recognize that it would probably annoy me if it did. Right. So I'm just... I'm not happy no matter what. I, this, is, this is my life, is just me being like man it would be better if it were this and then it's like okay we'll do that and then i'm like well it was better before <laughs> i liked it when it was shorter this is Decompr- what fandom is god damn it Decompr- you, can't, Sorry. you can't win creators 
<laughs> De- decompressed storytelling <laughs> sucks. Well, I wish this story had more room to breathe. Fuck you, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, so Marvel Team Up number eighty four has a cover by Steve Leoloa and is lettered by Diana Albers. Um, Viper has taken over the shield helicarrier with Silver Samurai and Boomerang. And we get a whole thing about how Viper survived the whole Serpent Crown thing. Blah, blah, blah. The short version is it's comics, so of course she survived. Right. Um, Spider-Man and Black Widow uh, work to infiltrate the ship, while Fury enlists the aid of Shang-Chi through Sir Dennis. Um, once... Once Spider-Man and Black Widow are aboard, they are discovered, and we find out what happened to Black Widow, wherein she had been captured by Viper, and Viper was interrogating her and torturing her for information, and in the process, Black Widow retreated into an old cover identity, and that's how Nancy Rushman came to be. Um... There's a big knockdown drag out battle between all of them during which Spider-Man is blown out the side of the helicarrier uh, while it's two miles above the ground. So the cover of this promises the team up is uh, Spider-Man and Shang-Chi. And I was like, holy shit, you're going to have to do a lot of work to get Shang-Chi over here. And the book goes, no, I will not be doing that work. Fury just gets him. And I'm like... All right, fine. It's comics. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, and more to the point, it's Fury. So, like, if, if the book says Fury just called a guy, then it's like, okay, Fury called a guy. That's what we're doing now. All right. Um, yeah, Fury's magical power being I just know people and can be places is so weirdly accepted. But, like, yeah. that, that when he... Like, when my personal reading, I didn't know much about him. And I think I started reading comics in, what, 2006 or seven with you guys as probably about when that started. In earnest, I mean. And so, like, he had been dead, I guess, or presumed dead or something. And right. One of the two. And showed up in, I want to say secret avengers or dark avengers one of the two or something like that one of the avengers books with uh jessica drew in it and she met him on a bridge and it was supposed like clearly based on like the way that it was being told the layout uh that nick fury is alive was supposed to be a big fucking deal and i was like i had to go to you guys and be like what what is this and you're like oh he's been dead or not dead who knows with Nick Fury? He could have been not dead the whole time. He probably... I don't know. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna... Is that just his thing? And you were like, yes. That's kind of just his deal. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that super spy kind of nonsense where it's yeah. just like, nothing you believe <laughs> can be trusted. Like... Well, and because um, of that, anything can be true, right? Yeah. Like, from a storytelling standpoint... It's always true. Um, like, yeah, there is no through line with Nick Fury. There's whatever I need him right now. And that's kind of awesome that you managed to engineer a character like that. I don't know. It's at least awesome from a uh, storytelling or a well, storyteller standpoint. Nick Fury is the Nick Fury's the type of character that they could do a book... Where at the end, it's just like, and you, dear reader, were Nick Fury the whole time. And I'd still just be sitting there going, holy shit, was I? (laughs) Oh my god, my eye! (laughs) Like, yeah, I... And doing that, I poked myself in the eye, because I'm a winner. Uh, But, (laughs) yeah. So, what the fuck ever. Um... So, Marvel Team-Up number 85 has a cover by Al Milgram and is penciled by Sal Buscema and lettered by Clem Robbins. Um, Spider-Man survives, obviously, having been rescued by uh, Black Widow. Uh, 
they they come back in they do the whole like yeah fighting viper blah 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 fury and shang chi are ostensibly defeated by boomerang but then when boomerang comes in it turns out it was fury wearing boomerang's costume haha uh viper's plan it turns out was to kill everybody in the united states government by just dropping the helicarrier on the chambers of congress while um joint while session the while he's doing like a state excuse me while carter is doing a state of the union address um and like there's plans for that right like yeah they uh, have designated survivor protocols <laughs> Well, I, so I was trying to see, um, is there, uh, the practice of designating a survivor, the procedure originated in the fifties during the cold war. Um, so they would have, oh yeah, um, they would have probably had something and even so like the chain of command goes pretty far down just in case like that's the whole point is just it's like if somebody's picking people off then you go from there um the uh the list on wikipedia only goes back to 1981 but i mean this was just a few years before they were they were they did that whatever fuck you fuck you book for trying to thrill me <laughs> uh, like like it always makes me laugh um there's a there's a an obsessive pop culture disorder video where dan o'brien is like bitching about something in a movie and he's like Movies do so much to try and please me, and I just shit on them. <laughs> do you think maybe I'm the problem? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm the abusive one. Uh, but anyway, so she uh, she goes and tries to drop the helicarrier on the capital. Uh she and Black Widow have their dual <laughs> duel on top of the uh I like uh, it. What am I trying what am I trying to say? The the, the turbine. The, the turbine, yeah. yeah. The thing. It, uh, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> these are these are rotors. They're turbines in the movie. Um there's a difference. Because No, I know I know. They're jets in the movie. Shut up. They're not here i like it i like this fight because it's stupid but like cool stupid like yeah. having a fight here is the dumbest thing you could possibly do right right because um it, it's strategically in inadvantageous for both people um viper is supposed to be smarter than this i don't even remember how the hell they ended up there um right. they just kind of did and I don't care. Like, to me, the visual's too cool. I'm like, these two... And, sorry, 14-year-old brain being like, two hot ladies fighting on top of a friggin' enormous rotor thing. Awesome! Like, it's just fun. And I don't... Mm. And I'm, I'm here for it. And Viper... Well, and you know I, what? I, During sorry. the fight, though, too, like, Viper's taunting her the whole time about, like, who she is. And... Black Widow fights through that too, so that's rad. Um, the whole I, it's 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 fun. The fight itself is good enough for what it is, and it doesn't have to do too much to be awesome because of the setting. It's like fucking Mortal Kombat. Like I'm here for it. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, and she and ends the, up. The thing that I really like is at the end, Viper like. Viper goes and gets whipped away because of the rotor comes back on. Because, of course, 
And Black Widow tries to save her because mm-hmm. she's a decent person. Uh, and Viper still dies. Uh, oh, well. Not that she's dead. I mean, it's comics. Uh, but then, like, while that fight is going on, Fury and Spider-Man are inside and they, like, have to rip open a wall and they're, like, trying everything they can because the console's fucked. And yeah. so, like, they're sitting there going, like, huh, huh. And uh, so they manage to stop it, like, right before it's going to slam into the thing. And Carter finishes up saying whatever dull thing he's saying, uh, you know, and, like, cool, whatever. Uh, At the end of this, like, Spider-Man and Black Widow have a moment where Black Widow's like, yeah, sorry, like, the... The feelings that Nancy had are gone with Nancy. It sucks. Thanks for your help. Um, and like I said, she has a she has a moment where she's like thinking about like you know like maybe it wouldn't have been so bad to be Nancy, but it is what it is. I am who I am, and that's all that I am. You know, whatever. Um, I actually like that moment where she's like trying to let him down easy yeah and he's like no 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 you don't have to i i knew this was coming like i'm not uh, this right. was this was the goal right and right. yeah I, I i i admit that uh you're stinking hot and uh nancy was really nice and i kind of like that but you're not her and she's like no i'm not and he's like that's cool um th- like i say this was this was the plan uh so so okay, I guess I'll well, see you. I'll see you around. And, and I think we all just need to face the fact that Peter Parker is a serial monogamist. Like, and oh, that's yeah. that's fine, whatever. But like, no one is truly safe. Like at some point, uh, at some point, Peter Parker's probably going to develop some fixation on every woman he meets, and that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, so, now, it was an enjoyable run of ma- of Marvel Team-Up. Like, it was good. Yeah, I'm think I'm, once it gets started, it's much better. Like, yeah. to me, once we get fucking going and we're doing, and I, you know, we talk, sometimes I just need my comics to just do comics things. And yeah. Team-Up regularly delivers that where it's just like okay we're gonna get on the helicarrier and we're gonna punch some bad guys it's fucking boomerang punch it like that's what you do and i'm like all right fun let's just have fun with this and i don't we don't have to get too deep all the time um stay true to the characters that you've been doing deep things with like black widow and spider-man and shang chi doesn't get a lot to do in this except for seemingly sacrifice himself for black widow at one point mm-hmm. um but like they still stick to him like who he is as a character right. especially with his um with his introduction into the story is him just basically come flying out of the back of a fighter jet on the deck of the uh of the helicarrier beat the crap out of some dudes and then get and then protect fury from boomerang um that's right. fine we don't have to do deep introspection things with who Shang-Chi is as a person in fucking team up. I don't, I'm not here for that. Um, it's really weird. Like when my expectations get, my expectations with team up are much lower mm-hmm. and you, you know, when you meet them, I'm happy. I'm fine. Yeah. Like all you had to do was punch some things and save the day. And we did that. So we did. It was so good. Hooray. I'm okay yeah. with this. Yeah. Uh, this next issue is pretty straightforward. I feel like we can burn through it pretty quickly. Uh, it's not to say it's bad. Just no. it's straightforward. Uh, Man Thing number one has a cover by Bob Wachek, written by Michael Flesher, penciled by Jim Mooney, inked by Bob Wachek, colored by Carl Gafford, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Jim Shooter and Mark Grunewald. <clears throat> Dr. Oheimer uh, is this specialist 
uh, or is the scientist who specializes in cognition. Uh, and he is kidnapped by men claiming to be with the CIA who want him to restore the intelligence of Ted Salas so they can retrieve the formula for the super soldier serum. Uh, Oheimer agrees and uh, is taken to a lab in the swamp uh, where he begins working with Man-Thing. And it begins to make a difference. Man-Thing is slowly kind of gradually making his way up the, you know, up the rungs of intelligence, starts developing object permanence and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but then the, the actual military storms the lab, uh, takes out these enemy agents. And um, when they get to Oheimer, he's there with Man-Thing. And they're like, cool, destroy the monster and let's get him out of here. And Oheimer's like, no, and in the process gets shot. Uh, Man-Thing proceeds to kill all these motherfuckers uh, and then just carries Oheimer's body out into the swamp. Um, we do get a, in the course of things, we do get a brief uh, recap of Man-Thing's origin in case this is your first exposure to the character. Uh, but by and large, it's it's a, a decent Man-Thing story in its own right. The only thing I that sort of trips me up, and this is just a personal uh, nitpick from me, is I hate second person. And this is in... This is told in second person, and I don't... I just... It, it feels so weird because I am not man thing quit calling me you yeah quit quit doing that um I don't under like I'm sure second person has been executed well before um I've not read it and uh if you know of it tweet at me tell me where is a good second person story uh but this is so it, it's just jarring and uh, stilted to read too um i like the part i don't i, I like the ultra violence um with <laughs> oheimer gets dead it gets shot and man thing just loses it and is like nope we're done um and the i don't know what else do i like i like the him slowly turning back into or having his mind gather as a concept that's nice yeah um i don't know what do you think yeah uh, yeah um second person is one of those things that i personally yeah i i can't think of a story where I've ever been like, fuck yeah, second person! Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, I don't, it's not, it's not the kind of thing that if I see it, I'm just like, nope, I'm out. But it's just kind of whatever. It's a, it's a weird literary device that pops up occasionally. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I guess we're doing this. Uh, That's the most effective it's ever been for me is okay i guess we're doing this like yeah. i i know it doesn't as a literary device i've never been i haven't been approached or haven't approached anything with second person that it feels like oh this is an effective tool for getting across whatever it is that you're trying to achieve right. story because you make the choice between first and third person based on how close you and then how you know first person close first third person close like you know those kind of decisions you make those decisions because um it focuses how or no it determines how focused you are going to be on a character right like right. How much of them do you know? Does the audience get to know? Um, I guess is a better thing to think of it. And uh, second person is just so... It ends up feeling more removed, right? Well, I Which think... Which is weird. I think the, the thing about it is, I think 
in this instance, second person achieves what they're going for in that they are they are doing it they're doing sort of a ground level story about man thing and they're getting as close as they are able to but since man thing has no internal monologue since man thing is barely sentient mm -hmm. there's no way to do first person so you know this is their compromise position of all things being equal this would be first person but we can't okay. so they're going they're going for the intimacy of first person for a character that they can't do first person with and okay so like in that respect this is one instance where i'm like okay like I understand why you did it, but I'm not let, like, I'm ambivalent. It's whatever. Okay. It's a, it's a thing they decided to do. Cool. <laughs> like, I guess to that respect, it's less annoying than when they do it with, uh, Iron Fist or Shang-Chi. Right. Because those guys, you could make much more effective decisions about how close we are going to be with the character do first uh, person or do third person right right yeah okay <laughs>